Good morning. I'm Susan Marcinkus, your worship associate today. And it is my pleasure to welcome you to the Williamsburg Unitarian Universalist online worship service. Our worship leaders today are our, our minister, Reverend Laura Horton Ludwig, our director of religious education, Austin Peterson, our assistant director of music, Dave Robbins, and our WUU choir directed by Dr. Jamie Bartlett. If you'd like to follow along with the order of service, I invite you to visit wuu.org to download a copy. And you should see that uh, link in the chat box. If you're visiting today, we are glad that you're here. We invite you to say hello in the chat if you like. And if you'd like to sign up for our email list, please fill out our online visitor form at wuu.org. A few announcements. The membership book will be open for signing virtually today following the service. If you have completed starting point or pathways to membership, sessions one and two, are transferring from another UU congregation or are a young person who has completed the coming of age class, we welcome you to announce your interest in signing when prompted towards the end of the service and you'll be added to a special breakout group to sign and signify your commitment to WUU. If you find yourself struggling around the election this week, Reverend Laura will be leading a drop-in spiritual support gathering this Wednesday night from 6 to 8 p.m. The details are on our online calendar at wuu.org. There is also a national gatherings for Unitarian Universalists all day on Tuesday and Thursday evening. Check your spiral email for all details. Again, welcome. We are happy that you have joined us via live stream audio, video, or Zoom. Whether you have come seeking comfort, encouragement, or inspiration, you belong here. You are seen here, even if you are joining by phone and we cannot see you physically. Now I invite you to join in saying our welcoming words. Please, as you say these words, speak them to each other and know that we are connected across the distance. The words are pasted into the Zoom chat box. Let us say them in unison. Folks on Zoom, we will unmute you so that you can hear each other. Whoever you love, you love, whatever you love, the Holy or Well, hello again. It's very good to be here with everybody today. November brings us a new monthly congregational theme, which is healing. And today on this All Souls Day Sunday, we will honor our ancestors with their gifts and strengths along with their flaws and failings. And we will invite healing into our families and communities and indeed into our nation. 
Our call to worship comes from the Reverend Joan Javier Duval. She's a second generation Filipina American UU minister who serves our congregation in Montpelier, Vermont. Here, here is where you can lay it down. Lay down all you have carried, the weight of the world that has rounded your back, leaving you aching and exhausted. Here, here is where healing begins, where burdens are set down and alongside one another's, their magnitude doesn't seem as great. Here. Here is where the door is thrown open and the light can lift away the shadows and what was hidden can now be seen. Here, here is where you can rest, where nothing is expected, but that you bring all of who you are into the presence of the holy and of this loving community. Let us worship together. Now, please join me in saying the words to light our chalice. If you have a chalice or candle handy nearby, please go ahead and light it now. We are, as we spotlight Colin Miller Moore lighting the chalice, again, we'll unmute you and say the words in unison. We light this chalice. We light of truth. For the harmony of peace. The harmony of peace. In the community and our world. Excellent job, Colin. Thank you so much. I have a story for you today that I um, would like to warn you is a little bit of a tearjerker. It is by Douglas Wood and it is called Granddad's Prayers of the Earth. When I was little, my granddad was my best friend. Being with him always made the world seem just right. Granddad and I like to go for walks in the woods together. We didn't go very far or very fast or very straight. We just walked. I would ask him questions about things I wasn't sure of. Why is it granddad, I would ask. And what if, and does it ever? One day I asked granddad about prayers for a long time, granddad was quiet. He didn't say anything until we came to the tallest trees in the forest. And he answered with a question. Did you know, boy, he whispered, that trees pray? I listened closely, but I couldn't hear them. See how they reach for the sky, he said. They reach and reach for the clouds and sun and moon and stars. And what is reaching for heaven but a prayer? I thought about the trees and kept listening for them. And while I thought, I sat on an old mossy rock. Rocks pray too, said granddad. 
pebbles and boulders and weathered hills, they are still and they are silent. And those are two important ways to pray. I thought hard about the rocks. I picked up a pebble and stuck it in my pocket. We walked a little farther and came to a small stream. Do streams pray too, Granddad? Yes. And lakes and rivers and waters of all kinds. Sometimes they pray with movement flowing across the face of the earth. Sometimes waters pray with laughter, chuckling to their friends, the rocks. And sometimes they pray by dancing, leaping into the air and falling back again. Bending down to smell a flower can also be a prayer. Quietly watching the sunrise, feeling the slow turning of the earth and saying hello to a new day is one of the oldest prayers. Are our prayers answered, Granddad? Granddad smiled. Most prayers are not really questions. And if we listen very closely, a prayer is often its own answer. Like the trees and winds and waters, we pray because we are here, not to change the world, but to change ourselves. Then one day, my granddad was gone. And no matter how hard I prayed, he did not come back. I prayed and prayed and prayed until I couldn't pray anymore. And nothing happened. Granddad couldn't come back. And so I didn't pray for a long time and the world seemed dark and lonely without him in it. Until one day I went for a walk. I found a big rock under some tall trees and sat down on it. Overhead, the branches swayed and a breeze whispered in the leaves. I heard a stream flowing nearby. And I heard something else too, something in the sounds of the breezes and the birds and in the water. I heard prayers. The earth was praying, just like granddad had said. So I joined in. Thank you, I prayed, for the tall trees and the sweet flowers, for the still rocks and singing birds, and especially for my granddad. And as I prayed, something changed. My granddad seemed somehow near. And for the first time in a long time, the world seemed just right. And that is my wish for each of you. When you need to hear the trees or the breeze or the laughing of a bubbling brook, may you hear it. Blessed be. And now I invite you to join in a spirit of meditation, reflection, and prayer. Many of us have arrived here with anxious and hurting yet hopeful hearts 
Many of us have been praying nearly without ceasing for our country as we approach our election day. May this time and space help us to hold on to our care and our strong hopes for transformation, but in a way that is kind to our hearts and our bodies. Here and now, may we breathe gently and open our hearts to remember and trust that whatever comes, we will be held in love and we will offer love. Help us to remember that our ancestors survived much and their strength lives in us. Help us to be vessels of peace, wisdom, and hope for our communities. And for those who are ill or grieving or suffering in any way, we offer our love and our hopes for healing. And for all that sustains us, we offer our gratitude for the earth that holds us, for the leaves that teach us how to let go, for the rocks that witness to a steadiness that endures, for all these and so much more, we say thank you. And as we enter into a loving silence, we hold all these loved ones, both named and unnamed, and all the cares and all the joys. Let us be in silence. Amen and blessed be. And now I invite you to join in singing with our WUU virtual choir as they sing for us, May Nothing Evil Cross This Door. The music is by the Irish composer Robert Quayle. The American Jewish poet Louis Untermeyer wrote the words. 
a prayer for peaceful, strong and loving communities. Thank you, choir. So good to hear your voices. Throughout the fall, we have hosted a series of From the Heart Reflections by members and friends of the congregation talking about their commitment to civic engagement in these times. Today, as we conclude the series, I'm delighted to welcome longtime UU member Savannah Williams, who will be speaking with us today by phone. Morning greetings. I feel blessed to have been born in the three generational household of my maternal grandparents, Wesley and Sally Jane Ealy Williams, in the rural community of Chuckatuck in Nansmont County, Virginia, where I learned very early how to share resources. It was also where I learned the importance of home ownership and food production for self and community and even sometimes those whom we did not know. These two aspects of life contributed to my understanding of living in family and community, regardless of one's education, which was so much valued <clears throat> in my family and community because my generation was the first generation of nine generations in our community 
to get a high school diploma. As was often said, common sense, especially in a segregated society, outvalued formal education degrees unless you're just plain out of it. To share skills and resources in a caring environment was the essence of living, not just surviving. I was an adult before I heard of the genealogy of my family, beginning with Maria Williams, my great-great-great-grandmother, and her son, Wally, who married Cyril Gordney, both born in 1850s, who were the first members of my family to be landowners. Later, my grandparents, Wesley and Sally Jane Ely Williams, and my parents, Marion and Arthur William Smith. For my parents, land ownership demonstrated the reason why they were first engaged in civic participation to get water and pole electrical lights in our segregated community. Because of the many activities of those before me and through my observation of parental participation, my awareness of community needs along with my formal education, I was linked to understanding systems in such a way that I could use my knowledge and skills to assist in the creation of a recreational program and summer jobs for youth managed by my cousin, Lois Lord and Hamilton in 1970s. In the 1980s, I was, I was able to help provide learning opportunities about wills with Alfonso Cargo. Cargill, sorry, a community member and a land survey for the state along with Reverend George of the African Methodist Episcopal Church in Isle of Wight County to help prevent the loss of aired property land. In the 1990s, I helped to initiate food production and marketing with the assistance of cooperative extension agents, farmers and gardeners, principals, teachers, students, to help generation not only education for the present and future generations, but to generate revenue for farmers who often only had very small ways around their community of earning money. It was in this program of creating farmers market first in Virginia and helping with farm, farming markets and gardening in schools, churches, and communities from Rockville, Maryland to Austin, Texas. At the farmer's market in Isle of Wight County, Mr. Arthur Allman, a farmer, said to me when he learned I was the granddaughter of Wesby Williams, you are doing exactly what your grandfather would have done. Simply by getting permission from the manager of the residential community where he delivered produce to just several people, with extension agents and officials in the government, we were able to help him expand his market, as well as include other farmers by passing up flyers on Wednesday about the farmer's market on Saturday. Building upon my informal education within my family and formal education in our four-room elementary school, including the 4-H club, my desire to share knowledge, resources, and skills enrich my life and prepared me to represent the best of my family and community with skills and civic engagement with local, state, and especially Congress around the social security issue and in regional, national, and international communities. I am the beneficiary 
of how many, many generations before me dealt with the unbelievable challenges and yet prepared my generation for the possibility of what we could be. I live knowing I am who I live knowing I who I am who I am because of their caring and believing in me, knowing that I was one of the beautiful bouquet of flowers, always described in assemblies by Reverend Evans, our elementary school principal. I will always honor, remember, and represent those of my family and community, those of people of African descent, names known and unknown, along with those from many other cultures who help to teach and to share in civic engagement as a way of saying, I am eternally grateful for, for what you gave me to improve the quality of my life and to always have memories that will represent ways to conduct my life. To my UWU family, I'm most grateful for your presence in my life. Thank you. Savannah, thank you for sharing. I'm humbled by your words. Uh, and on that segue, thank you. Um, this is sharing our gifts. Each Sunday, we make an offering from the bounty we are blessed to enjoy. We do so in a spirit of generosity and in recognition of our ongoing commitment to serve our world and share our values. If you are joining us for the first time, please feel free to give if you wish and know that your presence here is gift enough. Today's offering goes to the General Operating Fund, which supports just about everything we do. If you'd like to give through our website, please visit wuu.org and click on Give Online to WUU. If you'd like to give by text, my preferred way, please text the dollar amount of your gift to the following number, 757-500-0688. And I'll repeat that, 757-500-0688 and follow the prompts from there. Or if you prefer to give by check, please mail your check to WUU 3051 Ironbound Road, Williamsburg, Virginia, 23185. And we thank you so much. Our offertory music is by the 19th century French composer, Eric Satay, played by Dave Robbins.
This week, I learned something new about my family history that surprised me. I grew up hearing stories about my great-great-grandfather, William Winters, from Long Island, New York. Family lore, this part I knew, says he founded the Fulton Fish Market in New York City and he invented Manhattan clam chowder made with tomatoes instead of milk. Maybe some of you have tried it. But he was not just a foodie, he was also a criminal. I don't even think that's the right word for it. I guess you would call him a traitor. He, a northerner, was a gun runner for the South during the Civil War. Not so good. I always knew that piece of it too, but here's what I didn't know. He was smuggling the guns into Virginia and not just Virginia, but literally he was doing it right here on the James River. I found that out when I opened up a folder of old family papers this week, which I'm fortunate to have inherited mom. And in that folder of crinkly papers typed on typewriters, I found a letter from my grandpa to my mom and his other two daughters dated 1978 telling them the whole story about my great-great-grandfather, his grandfather, as he had heard it. It's strange to think that this great-great-grandfather of mine was also part of the chain of ancestors who have given me life. It's strange to think that I'm here now doing my best to, to contribute to the community in a positive way here so very close to where he was running blockades to bring guns to the troops defending slavery. But that is the reality. He is part of my family. And that makes me wonder, what would it mean to relate to our ancestors in a way that is healthy, loving, and realistic? How can we appreciate and draw on their strengths, which are many, but also be honest about their failings? I am grateful for that side of my family and I draw on their strengths every day, I know I do. My grandpa was a small businessman. He made rubber stamps, but in his free time, he was a community theater guy. He had a great low baseball and he was all the musicals in New Jersey where he lived in his town. My grandma, his wife was an amateur poet. She wrote really sweet heartfelt poems about her family and nature and her religious faith. I have a collection of poems that she self published. I was not all that close to my grandparents when I was growing up. But looking back as a singer and a writer myself, it is so good to feel that 
some of those things that they loved, I love too, and I carry forward in my own way. I feel that they give me strength and encouragement to be myself as a creative artist and as a human being. But just like everybody else, they were flawed people. And just like in any family, in my family, there are currents of pain along with the love and the joy. I don't know when or how that pattern started, but you know, I do wonder, I do wonder about how, whether, if it connects to the stories of my great-great-grandfather and whatever forces or impulses led him to assist the, the South and betray the North in the Civil War. For one thing, I wonder a lot what his wife thought about his actions. His wife's maiden name was Elizabeth Burdick and Burdick name in my family too. The other treasures my mom passed on to me and my sister is the Civil War diary of our long cousin, Frank Burdick. Frank Burdick was killed in action fighting for the North in August, 1864, about 50 miles from here near Petersburg one of the over 600,000 soldiers who lost their lives in the war. I've forgotten exactly how he was related to Elizabeth, my great, great, great grandmother. No, great, great grandmother, yes. I don't know exactly how they were related, but I'm pretty sure he was at least a cousin. And I wonder what Elizabeth thought about her husband's peddling guns to the army that killed a beloved member of her family. I have a lot more questions than answers, but without doubt, there was a lot of deep pain and wounding in that generation of my family. That kind of pain that can get passed on and on in underground ways down the generations and can be a trigger for other problems. But fortunately, it is possible to care for that pain in healthier ways, ways that are more truly healing. And as we take up our congregational theme of healing this month, I wanna name and celebrate that many of you already know that from your own experience. You are already doing that work. And so you know that it is possible to heal the pain present in our families so that we can accept the whole of our ancestral legacy, the good and the bad, the pain and the joy, so that we can move forward grounded in who we are and freer inside, more able to transmit to our descendants a heritage that is loving and strong. Like each one of you, I am a work in progress. And in these days, for me, part of that work is about reconnecting with my family history, honoring and celebrating the strengths, accepting the stuff that was so good, and doing what I can to change whatever unhealthy patterns got passed down to my generation. I know anyway that that's what's healthy for me. I also feel that in a way, it's a sort of gift that I can give to my ancestors who were doing their best in their own way, just as I am today, just as we all are. I hope that whatever I can do to bring healing will bring 
some measure of peace to the parts of our family history that still carry some pain. And I very much hope it will be a gift to the generations of my family that will come after me. You know, sometimes I wonder what our world will look like 150 years from now. And in my mind, I often find myself apologizing to those future people for all the things I know I must be messing up and I don't realize, the ways I am not seeing as clearly as they will. But here we are, I tell those future people, I'm sorry for whatever it was, we're all doing our best and that's what we can do. And in this present moment, as our generation moves through this time of deep challenge, struggle and grief, here we are poised on the cusp of an election whose ramifications for the future are immense. We are mourning for the hundreds of thousands of lives already lost to the pandemic. We are grappling with the deep harm of racism, white supremacy, and so many other forms of violence that have yet to be healed. And in this present moment, may the healing and the peace that we can bring be a blessing to ourselves, to our communities, to the past still waiting to be healed and to the generations who will live forward into an unknown future. May all the ones to come live well and fully and may the good cause to look back and thank us for being the best answer we could be for their sake and for our own. Amen and blessed be. Now, we take some time in memory for those who have died by naming them and calling their light into this space. Every man has rituals to remember the dead. And here at WUU, each year at this time, we do. Today, it's my honor to lead a ceremony of candle lighting that draws on the Anglo-Celtic All Souls Day traditions of my upbringing. And I just say, what a joy it is to be here in our WU sanctuary it seemed important to be here to light candles and sacred space. Center us, I offer these words by Max Gabler. He was a white German American UU minister who died in 2018, one of the luminaries of his generation. And these are his words. In this feast of all souls, there is at the very center, a great democracy which leaves none out. We call first to mind our own dead, those whom we have loved and lost, but who still live in the twin immensities of our own hearts, our love and our memory. But we reach out to others as well, to all whose names live within our memories, whose lives formed the world of our childhood, 
and who have preceded us on life's last journey. Finally, we welcome into our loving remembrance those countless ones who have walked the earth and breathed its air, who have enjoyed the gift of life and known its anxieties all on every continent and in every time whose individuality has been gathered up in the vast treasury of human life upon this planet. From this, our celebration of all souls, let none be excluded, none forgotten. Max Gabler. And so we begin to light candles for our beloved dead. And with love, we name these members of our congregation who have died in the past year, and we light a candle for them. Virginia Banks. Doug Hansen. Raga Elim. Larry Ventus. Charles Tankersley. And Phyllis Hostetter. Now I invite us to begin to name others whom we remember today. If you are on Zoom, I invite you to type their names into the chat. As Susan Marcinkus reads their names, I will light candles. You might like to light a candle wherever you are too. And if you're not on Zoom, I encourage you to simply speak out loud the names you are remembering today. Let us call these beloved dead into our minds and hearts. Phyllis, Helen, and Harold Cross. Braga, Ed, Leslie, Warren. Virginia. Maddock. Dan, Mary Jane, Jay. Doug. Our daughter, Leslie. Larry Ventus, Beverly Baldwin, Ron Davis, Webb Jones, Ted Gora, Wayne, my mentor, Phyllis Condonald Garris, Stephen. Jim Lane, 
Betty Bribe. Paul and Irene and Dominic and Dahlia. Helen Milfox. Pat Norton. Earl Pollard. Javier Smith. Janet Cook. Marge Cook. Nana and Grammy, a great aunt Ease, Annie and Ida, Gordon Hugh Campbell, Catherine Case Fournier, Arthur Fournier. Bob and Michael. Now let us join in a moment of prayer and meditation for these beloved dead, both named and unnamed. We give thanks for their lives and their memories. We honor the ones whose legacy inspires us and the ones whom we remember with ambivalence even perhaps with anger and pain, knowing that they did the best they could, even as we do now. We honor the ones whose memories are lost to time, but whose love and strength, sorrow and joy are part of the fabric of the universe still. May our lives and actions honor all that is good in what has been passed on to us and help to transform the pain in what remains so that we might be honorable ancestors to all who will come after us. May there be peace, may love endure. Amen. Now it's time to say the words to extinguish the chalice. And we invite you to blow out your candle at the same time. We will paste the words in the Zoom chat and again, we'll say them in unison. All right. We we 
And as we close, I invite you to stretch out your hands as a reminder that we are connected wherever we are. Our closing words come to us from the Reverend Barbara Peskin. She's a gay, white, UU minister and poet. Because of those who came before, we are. In spite of their failings, we believe. Because of and in spite of the horizons of their vision, we too dream. So go in peace and be of good courage. Amen. Blessed be and may it be so.